We hope you enjoy the following episode. Join us on our Instagram page at the EduPod. That's spelled T H E E D U P O D. Or join in on our conversations on Twitter at the EduPod. Also, we have a Facebook page. Please subscribe to it www.facebook.com forward slash the EduPod. To support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the EduPod. Enjoy! Welcome to the Educationalist Podcast. You're here with me, Arman, and... Dami, hello. And as always, we're recording from Kente Coffee. If you're ever in Sydney, please take a trip here. Support our, our, the local shops, support George here at Kente Coffee, and you'll be pleasantly surprised, as we always say, don't we, Dami? Of course. <laughs> of course. So, um, before we start today's episode, how's your practice been? Lovely. Yeah, um, not too bad uh, this week. As of yesterday, I'm still on the holidays, so I decided to go in one day into work, just uh, write up a plan, vision booklet for my kids in the lower borderline sets. It was just really good to try to get a overall idea of where I want my kids to be in six weeks, which is really good in terms of trying to plan ahead. Um, and that is only able to be done because I thought about what I did last year. So I'm trying to, you know adjust any misconceptions my previous year 11s mm-hmm. made and trying to correct that in a book that, that my new year 11s will be able to uh, benefit from. I think that's one of the biggest strengths of having such a long holiday because, you know, it, contrary to what a lot of people think, we're just sitting at home watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, we well, are. We, yeah. we are. <laughs> we are. Okay, we won't lie. <laughs> but, but on top of that, it's just that space... To, to actually reflect Flipped, on yeah. what you've been doing in the past year yeah. and and think of new ways to tackle those old problems. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, like, really, yeah. I thought it was really, really beneficial and just to get some fresh ideas as well. So I'll ask you, how was your practice on it? So just following up on that, this whole idea of reflecting, spending the summer reading literature you know, to do with education and just thinking about, well, what have I been doing that sort of lines up with with the evidence and then you know getting uh, sort of self-worth like oh yeah I'm actually doing the things which you, sh- you need to be doing which you should yeah. be doing and then seeing uh, reading up things and and seeing that oh okay so maybe I could be doing this a bit more maybe I could be doing that a bit more uh, one thing that I've done this summer is to create a list of all these sorts of things that I felt I did bad in the previous year right and how am I going to actually tackle these things? Okay. Uh, so, so for instance, I had a routine where I, for each table in my classroom, I've got a group leader. Mm. But that group leader was fixed. Right, okay. Uh, maybe what I should be doing this time around, based on what I've been reading, is instead of having a fixed group leader, 
switch it up a bit yeah. put the onus on different kids see how it helps them flourish different responsibilities definitely yeah. uh, another thing that I was thinking about is uh, I've got a system of pairing in my classrooms so oh, this is your partner this is your partner and what I've been reading is one thing that I've been doing positively is pairing according to levels so look, identifying which student is just above the other one and then pairing them accordingly right. because that helps both to sort of raise their game but in addition to what I've read, is not to keep the pairing static, to mix up the pairs and let um, all the pupils within the classroom get to know one another and get yeah, to work definitely. with one another. Yeah. And yeah, that takes a lot more time. You really have to. Do. But once you know your class, once yeah. you've created your seating plan, you should be You're able fluid, to do that. I mean, right? yeah. you do it one time and then that's it. It's something for for the yeah. rest of the year. It could be half termly or termly. It's, yeah, it, exactly. Or well, it could be literally this le- this class, one lesson. we're going to be like this. Yeah. Next class, we're going to be like this. And yeah. constantly shaking it up. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to implementing these different tactics and we'll see how it goes. It's going to be know? interesting. Yeah. Summer holiday, summer holiday is always, yeah, <laughs> you always think that, though. It's going to be an interesting year. It's going to be a hard year. It's going to be a hard year. But, you know, the summer holiday is, is a good time to just free up our mental space and... Yeah allow us to, to really refine what we're about to do for the upcoming year. Can't wait, let's do this. <laughs> Such enthusiasm. 2019. <laughs> it's ending. Yeah, true. <laughs> so today's episode, we're going to be talking about how do people learn? Yeah. Big topic, right? I was so... You know what? When you told me about this topic, I was like, yeah, sure, I could do this. Anytime started researching and I just felt, oh, this is probably something I struggled with at school. Mm. And something my kids mm. also come back to me with questions every month last year in terms of year 11. But so I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Like, I, I know it in class, but, you know, that's class. So I know it, but I don't know it. <laughs> so like that mind-bending thing of how do you, how do you learn? I was thinking uh, of starting this, how, how do people learn, mm. by asking a question and we'll both answer it. Go on. Yeah, you ready for it? Sure. Okay. What is something significant you've learnt in your life? Jesus. And so Oof. by using that anecdote, perhaps we can unpick it and uh, go, yeah. obviously I've done reading. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've course. done my research and, and I'm going to share, I'm gonna well. share about that. I, I just I, genuinely, out of in, interest. Yeah, I want to know what is something significant you've learned in your life, and perhaps that will provide answers. Insight into what learning is. Um, Would you like me to go first, as you think? Yeah, you go first, and then I'll. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll I'll go first. So, um, yeah, go go for it, go for it. Um, Right, so I think one of the the most significant things I've learned in my life is is another language, uh, a language that is not my mother tongue, and that is Arabic. So I learned this from. I was a complete novice. I had no idea about any of the words and nothing, no knowledge. The only thing that I could do was identify the characters and mm. uh, recite um, a few few pages of, of Quran and whatnot. That's two more than most people. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is, but it's not necessarily the skills you need to um, learn, a learn a language. I mean, yeah. it is, it is it's the foundation. It. it is definitely yeah. a part of it. And uh, when I made the choice to do Arabic at, at university for, uh, as a part of my undergrad, mm. you know, it, I remember my first year, in comparison to a lot of undergrads, for their first year, they'll have about maybe 
eight contact hours, lecture hours or whatnot. Okay. I had about 18. 18 wow. hours, I'm in a lecture, I'm in a tu- tutorial, um, seminar, and I'm, I'm having to use Arabic, I'm having to practice, I'm having to practice it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously that's not enough in and of itself. Outside no, of, of it, I had to learn this language from scratch and um, it was so challenging. Mm. It was so challenging. And from the things that I remember doing in terms of learning this language, I remember burning my brain out. <laughs> and there would be days I came back home and I it's just... I, you know that, 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 that sensation your mind gets when it's like, stop, yeah, yeah. stop feeding me, stop it. And yeah. you, you feel overworked. Mm. And that was due to memorizing word lists. I would yeah. literally look at word, word lists, read it over and over again, cover up the English, cover up the Arabic, cover up the English, cover up the Arabic, do that constantly. It was a constant process. Mm. And that was a killer. Yeah, definitely. Sounds uh, like so constantly <laughs> testing myself there. Um, I was also, or this was more of a habit I developed in my second year of my um, BA. I started reading Arabic literature. Oh, wow. Um, so I started off with like basic children books, sort of similar to, you could say, Biff and Chip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that actually helped to um, put all of the language in context. Yeah. You know, and um, I think the, the biggest thing that I found uh, to be a challenge was to push myself to speak. Yeah, Because you, you absorb all of these words and then you want to use them, right? But then you don't want to sound like an idiot and you've mm. got that sort of barrier. And my God, did I sound like an idiot when I first <laughs> And I probably still, you know what, to this day, I probably still sound uh, a bit, what's a better word? A bit fresh. Yeah, <laughs> fresh from work. Yeah. <laughs> work fresh, fresh, fresh from the aisles <laughs> of the UK. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a challenge, but the, it, was, it was worth it because I left my my four-year degree actually Mm. taking that language with me and developing it for for the hopefully for the rest of my life yeah Um, so so that's that's my answer to the question wow yeah okay but good for you what have i learned that's significant wow look how okay so that that means that means going through an existential crisis thank you what Is there anything out there? I'm sure. I'm sure you've learned something significant. Yeah, something. <laughs> All right. Um, do you know what? It's probably. Oh, it's gonna sound so teachery. I'm gonna try not to make it teachery. <laughs> All right. Changing careers. Ooh. Changing careers. I worked in law, in family law, as a paralegal, and I was enjoying it. Um, I was at a really good law firm, uh, living in Bristol, doing well. But I wasn't growing like myself, you know, and I wasn't where I wanted to be. And it just something just felt amiss, you know. And I learned something about myself in terms of like, I needed more than just, you know, social status of a job or the finance of a job or what, you know, um, people will hear and say it's work is more than just a paycheck and I didn't know that about myself at all just just thought yeah why not work for a law firm earn the money but when I was applying to change jobs I was looking at all sorts of jobs literally left right centre but then I just made up my mind just to quit without any plan well, you just quit I just quit 
Isn't that scary? Yeah, I just thought, this is not for me. I'm not happy. I can still see the fear on your face. From I, yeah, experience. I'm still scared. Am I in the right job? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I quit. And before Christmas, expensive. What these Christmas yeah. presents? So I was like, how do I get my money to pay for them? Yeah, so yeah, I quit yeah. at Christmas. And yeah, I had nothing planned. I was just coming back home, live with my mum. And I was probably about, what, 26, 27? Possibly taking a step back. Mm-hmm. Applied for a job and just got lucky in terms of like, you know, interviewing, working and making all the right moves and got a job in teaching in literally two to three months. That's brilliant. But just finding that out about myself, that, you know, this idea of work being something about social status or finance was not necessarily what is right for me. And I always thought maybe I was that, you know, pecuniary, monetary sort of person, that, that that's what would drive me to become successful. But I suppose, yeah, that was something significant. I learned about myself, just, yeah. Work is more than money, it's more than social status. And yeah, that was a big yeah, shock to the system. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. No, I, it's, really, it's a really brilliant answer. I like how my answer is something to do with like learning a language, something mm. very academic, and yeah. yours was very like spiritual. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that's actually a good word for it. I just, yeah, I just wasn't happy in the place I was, and now mm. I feel so much more, you know more than content, just so much more, yeah, happiness and the peace did with you, myself. Did you yeah. feel like a lot of anxiety? What was the, like, root of, of this unhappiness? Do you know what, I think it was just doing the wrong thing, being in the wrong place and at the wrong time, and all of these things just topple on top of each other. And sometimes you find yourself thinking, what am I doing here? You know when you wake up and you're like, what am I actually doing here? Mm. And then that's when I was like, this is not for me, yeah. And there was, it was it was difficult because I spent a lot of money you know, going to uni and going to law school and thinking, oh, wow, I don't actually want to do this. Yeah, and that was probably something significant I learned in terms of thinking about me actually for once. Like, what do you want? What do you want to do? You know, that was, and even if it wasn't just like, yeah, I want to be a teacher, teaching English in Dagenham, because no one dreams of, about that. That's not, that's not what you wake up thinking. But it was more like... Can you imagine the poor soul that has that dream and you're just crushing there. You're like, that's my dream. What, you want to do that, do that, honestly. But, I mean, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. But I woke up just thinking, what do I actually want to, you know, what do I want to do every day? Oh, I want to, you know, be around kids, trying to help them. How can I do that? Oh, teaching. Oh, what, you know, just thinking about those steps. So not necessarily like the end goal, just thinking about what would make me more happy. And yeah, that was something that was significant. It's cool. Yeah, cheers. It's really cool. It's moved out there. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So what's the next part of your so, question post knowing what is so po- significant? So po- post that. The next, that was like a little bit of a challenge for Yeah, us, no, yeah. thank you. No, but I think it's good. It's good for the listeners also to know a bit about us. It's know? like a challenge task. Uh, <laughs> um, I think when it comes to how do people learn and answering this question, we've got to acknowledge that learning in and of itself is a complex process mm. because it varies depending on the thing that you're learning as well, whether that thing be a language or whether it's learning about your own self. And mm. the sort of your life narrative mm. yeah um and 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 so like 
there are many factors which contribute to this complex process and one book that I've been reading and I'd recommend all our viewers and not, not sponsored by anyone <laughs> I wish I was honestly sponsors out there come our please, way please yeah come our way <laughs> um, is The Science of Learning so this is the book's name The Science of Learning okay. by and please if I'm butchering the name forgive me <laughs> by um, Bush and Watson I know Bush Watson, Watson is correct Bush yeah. and Watson okay. The Science of Learning and, and what the book aims to do is to summarise 77 studies in about learning and provide them in a way which is accessible and easy to digest for the busy teacher. Okay. And so this book contains the a summary of 77 studies and each study is categorised under seven categories. Mm. So first category or first type of study would be studies that deal with students long-term memory mm -hmm. the second one are studies which pertain to students mindset third one students ability to self-regulate and be metacognitive okay yeah uh, fourth one are student behaviors mm -hmm. the fifth one are teacher related so teacher beliefs and behaviors and what they instill within the classroom setting okay the sixth one are parents beliefs because you know that is it's a huge part something we miss out in school a lot. you know it's something which I'm hoping to work on for mm. this academic year involving the community I, yeah. I remember whilst I was doing my teach first training we had one pictographic and it had 33% influence of the from the school 33% influence from uh, home and 33% influence from the uh, society that we live in. All of these things mm. influence a child or yeah, any course. human being within society. Yeah. So it's so important to, to know how parents are, are dealing with their children. So that's the sixth category. And, and the seventh one refers to thinking biases and how they can be um, uh, an obstacle to learning. And, you know, this, this book is really comprehensive. Mm. Um, undoubtedly, it's not the... I'm not going to advocate this is the only one yeah. piece of gospel that you resources. need to follow. No, it's just one piece of literature that yeah. is really good at condensing. Is this the one you showed me earlier? Yeah, it oh, is. Yes. And it's, you know, it's, it's very practical. And it follows yeah. the advice that it gives by having pictures, by, by taking on board the, the conclusions of all of these studies. Mm. Uh, and so based off of that, um, obviously I can't go into 77 different studies what I can do, however, is, uh, or what I have done, is I've written here in my notebook um, three of the studies which I felt, okay, these are very important mm. to le learning, at least in my opinion. And I'm, okay. I, I, obviously, it's subjective. Yes. So um, before I share those three tips on how to, you know, how, how we as people learn, I just want to pass the mic off to you, Damien, and, you know, share with us your thoughts. What have you, what have you got to say about how to it's so interesting, isn't it? How do people learn? I think, like, yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite interested to, to hear what you're going to say in a minute or two. Yeah, um, yeah. I, start, I started with, before thinking about how people learn, like, what is learning in and of itself? Mm. So um, I thought that was an interesting question, but um, I started by looking at Chris Bolton's website, who is a Teach Firster, who I think possibly still works for Up Learning as a director, but he's... Um, the blogs he writes are amazing, uh, really helpful for maths teachers as well as English teachers. 
Right, so yeah, in summary, in terms of like concluding uh, Chris Bolton's idea of what learning is, it's the accumulation of knowledge, so just having knowledge and moving forward in terms of trying to build an understanding, which is what I think he's trying to say, it's not just knowledge, it's understanding, which is essentially acknowledging and responding to the connections between knowledge. When you're saying connections between knowledge, uh, you know, it sounds very abstract perhaps mm-hmm. uh, for, for, our, for our listeners. So mm. what, what do you mean specifically? I've got an idea in my head, but but I'd like to hear it from you. All right, so in terms of the connections between knowledge, it's almost this idea of um, people get frustrated about if you're just telling us learning is just knowledge, does that mean it's rote learning? So if I give a kid a fact, is that learning? Mm. No, that's just mm. a fact. Now making connections between my knowledge is trying to contextualise that fact and so, you know, making those It's links. almost, um, I hope this analogy is valid, but it's mm. almost like a doctor mm. who has studied, or rather a student of medicine who has studied medicine from their textbooks, they've learned what's in the textbooks, mm-hmm. now when they're out in the real world, in the hospital, in that setting, mm. they need to now adapt that knowledge with the living experience that they're going through. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. fact, I've actually got, uh, I've got the example I was thinking of actually. Um, Excellent. It links to Ben Orlin's criticism of like mnemonics, which is this example. So we could teach that during Civil War, Maryland was a part of a union because marriage is a union. The mnemonics is easy to remember, but provides no understanding of the situation. So thinking about the union as this big idea, forgive me for my lack of knowledge regarding the Civil War, all right. but just thinking that <laughs> Maryland is part of America and that means the president wanted that to be part of a union doesn't actually explain why that why? is the case. Yeah. And it's, understand, it's basically understanding relates to the why. And you only get the why when you're making the connections between the pieces of knowledge Ooh, that you've been given. That's very interesting. But, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But um, that's really cool. So that's where I started. What was his? Uh, what's the guy's the name again? Uh, Chris Bolton. Chris Bolton. Yeah, he's an amazing blog. Oh, spelled K R I S. Yeah, B O U L T O N. Um, amazing in terms of trying to understand what learning is, but also if you want to try to be a clearer teacher, he's also got an amazing analysis and articles on direct learning mm. and direct instruction which really does help for maths and English teachers yeah. when you say direct instruction again what were you referring to that oh, I think I explained that on our previous uh, podcast oh in in the episode where we were talking yeah, about yeah. either AFL or FIFA or fee- yeah yeah it's one of the two earlier ones I yeah. need to oh, I'm going to have to come back to that no worries. I'll no dig worries. up my notes and I'll come back to you it's on cool. regarding the, cool. the clarity cool. of direct instruction. That is <coughs> po- that's literally an episode on itself, which we may need to come back to later. Definitely, definitely. Uh, going, going back to the, the three uh, sort of learning, the significant studies that I, I gathered from this, this book, mm. um, everyone's probably heard this one already to death. Yeah. And it's becoming a cliche, and it's like as soon as you hear it, you start rolling your Go eyes, on, right? I'm going to write it down. Growth mindset. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, word. okay. No, but but there's a reason why I've put it here as number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a reason. Um, I'm going to go back actually to uh, my my learning of the Arabic language, mm-hmm. and I remember I was with a, a friend of mine, 
and we went into a library. And in this library, there was a, a large, huge, voluminous work, Arabic work. Mm. And it was a, a commentary on Arabic liter- literature, both religious and secular uh, pieces of literature. Okay. And I looked at this work in, in awe. And then I looked at myself mm. and then I said, I'm never going to be able to read that. And when I said that, I was kind of fishing for sympathy. I kind of wanted to be a victim here. Yeah. I don't want my friend to be like, oh, oh no. don't worry about it. Perfect. Yeah. You said what I wanted to be here. But you know what? He did the exact opposite. Oh, really? He said to me, yeah, you never will. My jaw dropped. Whoa. And I was like, well, you're supposed to be my, my friend here. Like, you know, and, What's the support? But, but no, but this, this is the thing. This is that he actually gave me the support. Mm. I, I was shocked and said, why'd you say that? <laughs> and he said to me, if you think you never will, then you never will. Mm. And I guess years later, I reflect on that experience. And it's an issue to do with having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. In that moment, my expectations were fixed. I can only reach up to this standard. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 was, I was better than that standard, and now mm. I can read that book fairly comfortably. Mm. No longer in awe of it, you know? Mm. So I think a growth mindset is so critical for a student in terms of how do we learn, because... You know, instead of thinking in in ways of, oh, I need to stay in my lane because I'm no expert. Yes, you need to have a degree of humility. Yeah, of course. But you cannot limit yourself and say, oh, I cannot do this because I am this way or because my family is this way. Yeah. Growth mindset is important. And funnily enough, the name of the actual study by Dweck, Carol Dweck and Mueller in in 1998, the, the name of the paper was Praise for Intelligence Can Undermine children's motivation and performance praise for intelligence can yeah. undermine children's motivation and performance and performance because if you're telling this child oh look how smart you are look how smart you are mm. you're essentially telling them well how can i articulate this without putting a <laughs> you're, you're 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 not making them aware of where they can grow one yeah. and also number two you're fixing them and in right. the same way, a human being, that same human being who would say, oh, you're so smart, you're so intelligent, you're so this, they will, they will have that sort of fixed mindset for someone who is of a lesser ability. Mm. And may, they may not utter it if they're a polite person, but they will think this person can't go very far. And how yeah. many teachers have you met who are like that? So, do you know what? That is so, yeah, so true. Like going back to that bottom set class I had, literally... A lot of people were like, yeah, right off. Yeah, yeah. And that's because, to be quite honest, I wonder how many teachers, like last year, when they were teaching them, probably thought, this is going to be too hard. At best, you're probably going to get a level three. And to be fair, yeah, they got a lot of level threes. But they didn't in my class because I was like, yeah. I'm shocked to this day. Um, And I I hate to sound preachy. Always do more. But I hate it when I hear teachers who are my seniors. Mm say oh this student's only ever going to achieve a four or Mm. they're definitely going to get five and then on results day you see that they've excelled that yeah you know and um it is dehabilitating if you are telling a child telling anyone you can only achieve this much well you're coming to a lesson with preconceived ideas that 
these kids can only get this, then there is never going to be the opportunity to grow, the opportunity to learn more and to acquire more knowledge and then to be able to understand that and apply that can't materialise if it's the, the not diet given by of the, the activities that you give them, yeah. the the way you just approach them, your whole demeanour with yeah. them, it just changes. Uh, but but that's more to do with teacher behaviours. Yeah, definitely. The individual has to have that self belief as well. So I think that's one really important thing for learning. You can learn whatever you want to learn. And I think that's just advice for, for anyone who's listening. Yeah, definitely. Second uh, really powerful um, study was um, Dunlosky's and, and Friends in yes, 2013 study, Improving Students' Learning with Effective Learning Techniques, Promising Directions from Cognitive and Educational Psychology. So in this study were the best ways to develop long-term memory. And I've got a bit of a another activity for you, Demi. Lovely. Yeah, for you and our listeners. So before the answer comes, you know, maybe the listener can pause the podcast if they're not driving in the car. Don't touch your phone if you're in the (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Demi, if I give you the following four options, which I'll mention soon. Lovely. Which would be, in your opinion, the best way to improve long-term memory and why? Option number one. Highlighting your previous notes. Option number two. Generating questions from literature you've read and then answering those questions. Option number three. Rereading a chapter of a topic you are weak in. And option number four, creating a schedule for the year. Wow, you're really bringing this on you. Jeez. <laughs> Is there a correct answer? Yes. Oh. <laughs> According to the study, there is, yeah. According to this, like, bizarre psychological study. Great, okay. Right, let me go through my train of thought. And then you can give me the correct answer. Cool. Right. Highlighting notes. Um, I want to say a nail on that one. Only because I don't... Maybe highlighting the wrong thing. Probably offer some misconceptions. And highlighting things doesn't necessarily mean you're learning the core of what needs to be learned. Um, generating questions and then answering them. Generate questions on what I've read and I'll answer them. That may only be surface level learning. I might be generating the wrong questions. Okay, I'm not going to go with that one. Reread something related to your weaknesses. Always go to reflect about what you learn, adjust weaknesses, and I suppose that is part of learning. Building blocks. Create a schedule, a plan for what's I'm going to go with number three, C. There are two two um, strategies, so you have to choose another one as well. Oh, great, lovely. Is C right? Is C one of them? I just look I'm at waiting, that face. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the second. <laughs> Why can't you just give me one? Give me a clue. Is C one of them? <laughs> yes, C is one. I think yes. I'm going to do this more often. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't good. I don't like being tested. <laughs> no one wants to be on the spot. I feel no like one wants to be exposed. Wow. <laughs> this is what it feels like to go... 
and I pick random randomizer <laughs> George. Alright, uh, C and oh, I don't actually know what other one could be. I'm gonna go C and B and we're probably go C and D. Is C and B right? B is correct, C is not. Oh. And so what they've actually found in this study, what it talks about okay. is that many students they feel that studying and learning is in highlighting what they read or previous notes and rereading things that they've covered previously or weak areas. Mm-hmm. The mere rereading of it. It feels like you're working, mm-hmm. but a human being can very easily go into autopilot yeah. with these with these routines. Mm-hmm. And so you're just automatically going through the motion and actually it doesn't have a profound impact yeah. on your long term memory. Okay. Yep. The reason why it's two and four, I'll start with four, which is the the it's the best way to improve long term memory. Mm. And so it's it sort of returns back to that that saying that those who those who fail to plan plan to fail or Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the saying, right? So you know, need maybe. to something like that. So it's like you're creating a schedule. Okay, and yeah, this schedule, yeah, by sticking it. to it, mm. it will help you. And it's not, I've, I've simplified it. It's not actually scheduling. It's called spacing and inter, inter, interleaving. But I'll, oh, I'll go you into that. I would have got it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, of course. <laughs> that would make sense. So, so I'll go into more detail on that a bit, bit later. Um, the, so, so it's spacing, spacing, mm. not in, interleaving something separate spacing your learning and and what it means by spacing it's as opposed to cramming so that mentality of oh the GCSEs are coming up in May so that means in April I'm going to cram in all the information no space your learning look at the whole year and create a schedule for the year so and by doing that it will aid your long-term memory how can it so it's like you're doing little but over a long period of time mm. so that will aid long-term memory and again please refer to the study um, second thing if you have time of course um, <laughs> the second thing uh, is the generating of questions mm. um, and and then answering them so this is all about retrieval practice right and the more that you retrieve information the more your long it's going to stick into your long-term memory I want you to and I've been thinking about this quite quite a bit for me, when I imagine or whenever I encounter someone who I feel, wow, this is someone who's really knowledgeable, they know what they're talking about. I've been asking myself, well, why do I think that way about a person? Usually I'll ask that person or the, co- the way the conversation is, there'll be a problem. There'll be a question. Maybe it's not uttered in the form of a question, but there'll be a question out there, a problem out there. Mm-hmm. And this knowledgeable individual will be able to talk in depth about this particular question they're able to they're able to recall basic knowledge about the issue at hand sure. but then go deeper into it mm. that for me is someone who is knowledgeable yeah almost like that skill of problem solving as well you know when you're this because when you're recalling is almost like yeah so I'm, when you're recording that's almost the start and then being able to address the question or the minutia of the question is like... Then the more complex the subject yeah. is, 
the more so, so we take for granted for instance our command of language mm. but our command of language it only exists because we are confronted with a problem or a question mm. we don't think of it as a question but it is how can I communicate my intention to you my response to that question is to practice whatever words I have in my mind and it's the same thing for for someone who's studying maths or science or whatever it may be through continuous retrieval practice I need to I can't think of a question off the top of my head maybe it's something simple as define what the word argue means or what is Einstein's theory of whatever it is you know whatever the question <laughs> is <laughs> but this is the thing that, that's, that's, is, a, yeah, that's the question there. the question you've got the answer for it and that's through constant retrieval yeah, and um, it's, it's a very powerful idea very powerful concept I like to study in my own time I consider myself a student you know even though I'm teaching yes yes I teach English but I'm a student of other things and one way that I've approached my note taking for these uh, things that I read in, in theology and philosophy and politics and whatever the, the subject may be is after I read a paragraph or so I will now no longer well I, I am writing uh, annotations in the in the books that I read but I'm also creating word documents where I start typing up questions yeah. and I really try to break down that information through the questions because in order to create a question you need to understand what you're reading in the first place and uh, I, I think it's about creating those connections of knowledge and and I think the most um, significant thing about this study for, for me is that it really mm, brings up the idea that you know you cannot be passive which is what highlighting and rereading literature is mm. you're being passive revision learning is not a passive thing it's something where your mind is active, active and so if your mind is active the way that you are, are sort of receiving the, the knowledge the information has to be active mm. and, and it's, it's something that I'm going to teach my students I'm, I'm going to show them this is how you revise you can try to sound a little smart I, I read if it's just you know in my spare time oh, I, I just theology I read, or politics you know, Plato's or, Republic or, you know, <laughs> physics articles I'm a subscriber to this one wait wait wait, wait. Did, did, did Plato write the Republic or is it Aristotle Oh, stop. Which one is it? Jeez. Oh. <laughs> I, I think it's Plato. Don't record me. No, no. <laughs> we're, we're cutting this. We're not cutting this. <laughs> oh, no, I think, I think it is, um, it is Plato. It is it's Plato. Plato. Yeah. It's Plato. Yeah. Plato is the Republic and Aristotle's politics. Politics, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I got it right. Thank God. <laughs> All that money spent at uni. <laughs> so, um, um, in, in addition to that, this um, study also talks about... Um, so, they, they found that the, the students who practiced generating questions and spacing their learning, they made more progress. Mm. Um, but also, they found that these two techniques also contribute to progress. Not as much as the former two but they still are significant and of course they are like when yeah. you hear them of course they are well actually maybe one more so than the other and the first one is having or uh, is what's deemed as elaborative interrogation an elaborative Pretty interrogation dumb. it's just a big jargon word for yeah. asking why yeah okay asking the why and, and why. so going back to the the example that you were using 
about the civil war and you know okay a person may have the knowledge through the retrieval practice through the mm. questioning that the basic questioning but they don't understand the why they haven't created that grander narrative that grander link sure that's yeah. what in by by asking interrogative questions mm. and then answering those questions it aids long-term memory how can it not you finally comprehend the significance of whatever it may yeah. be um, the second strategy is and I've mentioned it before mistakenly um, is interleaving so interleaving is the idea that when you are revising you're revising um, different topics I know here's the thing with this bit of advice it seems a bit abstract and I need someone to really break down how they go about doing it but interleaving is contrasted with blocking and what they say blocking is when you look at one so I'm, I'm assuming this I don't know if I'm actually correct here but so if any of our listeners can can shed further light on this we'd really appreciate it because we are learning as we share, share this information and hopefully we're getting you to think too um, so interleaving is this idea as opposed to blocking blocking is where you're saying okay I'm going to study um, English literature paper 2 question 5 I'm going to practice this for a week or for, for my revision session today. Interleaving is the idea of, no mate, you shouldn't do that. Instead, say to yourself, okay, Monday for Monday's revision session, 20 minutes on question five, 20 minutes on question two, 20 minutes on question four. Mm. They say that this aids long-term memory. I can't remember the reasoning for it, actually. I can't remember the reason for it, but it's a suggestion that they propose. And, you know, I'm a bit sceptical of that one because you're thinking... But surely you should dedicate more time to one thing. I think the idea behind it is that our... I, you know what, I is can't remember. I, I think it's something to do with like the frontal lobe and how much you can retain. But yeah. then if that's the case, then... But you're adding more stress to the to that frontal lobe because you're switching to different yeah, topics. And very yeah. So I need to, need to re-look re at that, the reasoning for that. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But... It is, again, please refer back to the, the Science of Learning book. And so that's the second, second, second sort of strategy. Growth mindset. Different ways. So the first one was growth mindset, and the second one were effective strategies for developing long-term memory. The third one that I'm going to talk about is, I, I found it interesting. Now, it may not necessarily be the biggest contributor in how do people learn, but I felt it was very interesting. And it was a study talking about self talk self-talk <laughs> self-talk yeah um and it's it's talking about self-talk as a means of discovering your narrative so what the hell am so i talking explain about that, that so sounds like jargon. Me, it, 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 it's a little bit of jargon but it's it's this idea that when you talk if you think about yourself we tend to think of ourselves using the pronoun i mm -hmm. and so what this study did it wanted to look at the characteristics of successful people and what do they do? Do they refer to themselves as I? Have you ever been in a conversation and someone has referred to themselves in the third person? Man don't do that. <laughs> I don't that's, know. What I, that's what I thought. No. But according to this particular study, do we do it a lot? Some, some, people, some people refer to themselves in the third person. And what the conclusion of, do it. of this study was... I, again, again, I'm just regurgitating. So the, the study where this information is being taken from is Cross um, 2014 Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. 
um, it starts off. <laughs> that's, that's who he said. So, what do Donald Trump, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Julius Caesar, and Elmo from Sesame Street all have in common? They are all known to talk about themselves in the third person. One famous example of this is when Zlatan Ibrahimovic yes, was invited to a trial at Arsenal and he replied, Zlatan doesn't Zlatan do auditions. Doesn't do auditions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's what this great. study um, did, it tested uh, a sample of people, and um, there were people who talked to themselves in the first person, and they were compared to people who talked to themselves in the non first person. Mm. And they, they found out the following. So when a person spoke about themselves in the first person, they felt more emotional intensity uh, when recalling an event and okay. made them more anxious. They felt more emotional intensity in recalling an event that made them angry. They were rated to outside observers as appearing more nervous and performed worse in social interactions. Mm. They were less likely to make a good first impression. They, were exper they experienced more shame, embarrassment, negative moods. They performed worse at public speaking tasks. They were more likely to worry about upcoming stressful events and they were more, more likely to see upcoming stressful events as a threat. So the, the conclusion of the study is that in order for us as human beings to identify sort of and, and regulate our successes, our failures and, and to, to be objective of our lives, we should think about ourselves in the third person. How has Arman um, done this year? How has Dami done this year? How successful was Dami? By distance, distancing yourself from yourself, you're able to see who you are as a person, as opposed to be being emotionally invested. That's a bit wishy-washy. This one, mm. well, not wishy-washy, but it's a bit. It's a bit like. So I'm really, I'm not really convinced by that, but mm. I thought I thought it's worth mentioning. I, 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 I like I like the idea of self-regulation, and I like the idea of discovering your own narrative. Now, mm. however, however that's achieved, I like that idea, and I think that that is the fundamental idea which um, contributes to learning. Yeah. Because if you're able to see yourself and step out of yourself and say, "Well, actually, how successful was I when I read this?" How effective was I when I was creating? Instead, of, so I'm, I'm going against the advice. It's not was I. How effective was Iran when he Jesus created Christ. these questions <laughs> to recall his maniac. No, but, yeah. <laughs> but by being stepping on the outside, maybe you no, can reflect on your life and analyze. I can see how it feeds into the growth mindset as well. It almost goes full circle, doesn't it? I, I like that idea because in order to grow and accumulate more knowledge and to understand that knowledge. You need to be able to think about yourself in the third way, to think, what have I learned? Where am I? Mm, mm. And then, where else can I go? And it does, you're right, it does link to growth mindset because yeah. you you have that aspiration of where yeah. is Dami going? Yeah, and where Dami is going means I could go further, potentially, which Ooh, does you're doing that it. link. You're doing it. <laughs> Check <laughs> Dami out. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. I like that one. Excellent. I never thought. I, I, I thought. I thought you would. I thought you would. I yeah. think our listeners uh, will appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what I've got. That's yeah. what I've got. Um, it's good. Yeah. Have I've you a lot. got any other thoughts? Any anything else you'd like to share? No. To be honest, I mean, 
I didn't want to bring up the growth mindset, but you did. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but the other two were new to me. Um, my school does do a lot of work with the growth mindset, um, which I've spoken about in previous podcasts and shared more so today. Uh, long-term strategy. My only... I think that's something that's really, really important and something that I've tried to instill in my kids in various guises of like doing planned maps together, doing individual maps with students. How have you found a way yourself with the kids you've taught in the past that <coughs> not, has made it not, not, not easier? Not anything that um, I've, I've, you know, it's very difficult for a teacher to gather data and see mm. the tangible impact of that because you, you, you're going along with, with trust and whether they're actually yeah, doing it at home. Definitely. But, but what I think children, students potentially face as, a, as an obstacle is, okay, I can create the plan, sir, or miss. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm doing within these sessions. True. Which, yeah. which is now, and I, I, I'm now going to explicitly teach my students, when you read this piece of literature, when you're looking at this piece of language, what I want you to do is to start breaking it down and start creating questions for yourself, which you can then answer. And I'm going to show them examples that I've done personally in my, in my own life. Mm. And I'm hoping that by doing this, it, it can help with their revision in, in all subjects. Yeah, so that, that's, what, that's what I'm planning to, yeah. to do for this year. That's mm. an aspiration of mine. And I, I, I'm confident that that's going to have an effect because it's, as I said, with my example of someone who you deem as knowledgeable, yeah. They are knowledgeable because you're able to answer, they're able to answer a question and, and, and recall, retrieve information, yeah. but then they also supplement it with the why. Yeah. And wouldn't it be amazing if our students came into our classes with the ability to retrieve the basic bits of knowledge? Mm. Because now we've, we're freeing up space in their minds yeah. for the why, for the, for the grander things. Yeah. And, and so that's what I'm hoping to. To achieve in, in, this, in, this, in this upcoming year. Well, we'll let you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, we we'll <laughs> definitely, we'll, definitely will. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that, that, that's it for today. To end, yeah. Please send your thoughts, your comments to us via Twitter or yeah. Facebook. We'll also be setting up an Instagram page. So Brilliant. please let us know your thoughts. Yeah. And, Any uh, questions, ask away as well. We're all learning together. So that'll be really good. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you once more for listening. If you've enjoyed the episode, please consider supporting us on our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash TheEduPod. Do share this episode with your friends or colleagues, and we hope to provide more quality content. Thank you once more for listening. Bye.